Good morning. How's everyone today? All right, good. So today we're going to start off our sermon today with a little bit of show and tell. You guys remember show and tell? Back where you were in grade school, you would bring something that you really like and you'd share it with your friends at school. Remember those days? Anybody remember show and tell? Two or three of you went to show and tell? All right, so this is what show and tell is. So today, I'm going to tell you guys about something that I experienced recently that I have just fell in love with. Um, so how many of you guys open stockings at Christmas? We're going back to Christmas already again, all right? So, or, or, or have stockings at Christmas, okay? And so in our family, stockings are a big deal, okay? And so before we get to open our presents, we have to open our stockings. And many times those stockings are filled with wonderful treats. And a lot of times my stocking is filled with my favorite treats. And my wife is the one that usually fills my stocking. So um, I don't know what you enjoy or what your favorite treats at Christmas time is, but I love anything Reese's, okay? And so mo most of the time at Christmas time, they have Reese's trees. Anybody with me? Reese's are one of your favorites? Yes. They are amazing. But I also am a lover of all things gummy. You guys know what gummy is? So basically gummy bears, gummy worms, whatever it is, if it's gummy, I love it. So usually my wife puts something gummy in, and I'm usually pretty traditional. I like the classic gummy bear. But this year she gave me something, something extra special. And so not only did I want to tell you about it, but I want to show you what it is. So I got Krabby Patties. Does anybody know what this is? Krabby Patties? So basically there is a cartoon character named SpongeBob. You guys know where SpongeBob is? Okay. And SpongeBob, I guess this is in his show. I'm not a real big SpongeBob fan, but I guess Krabby Patties are a part of the show, right? And so SpongeBob has put out Krabby Patty sliders. So not only are there the little Krabby Patties, but these are actually like almost like cheeseburgers that are made out of gummy, you know? I mean, what better thing could you get, you know? And so these things are, were awesome. I'm just going to tell you, these are actually the Valentine version. I just got these recently. You can find them at Walgreens. But um, just to put up a little plug out there. But um, my wife got me the Christmas version. And the, the cool thing about gummies, I don't know if you guys have ever had a gummy, um, but you kind of eat them over time. You know, you don't want to eat them all at once. And definitely these cheeseburgers, you don't want to eat it all at once. But I've actually provided for you a little treat next to you. Hopefully you guys have one next to you in the pews. If not, there's some Krabby Patties sprinkled about the pews. <laughs> and so I wanted you guys to try it because that's, that's kind of what our lesson is from the Bible today. Jesus was saying, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. So basically he was saying, not only do I want you to be a, to show people who I am, but I want you to tell people about me. So we're basically learning about Jesus' show and tell today. You guys excited? Yes. <laughs> and if you, if, if you don't have a Krabby Patty, um, I have a few more here. You know, I can give you one after the service, okay? But you can enjoy them at your leisure, okay? All right, so let's go to the scripture. Um, it's found in Matthew chapter 5. And before I read some more of it, uh, 
Jason read it just a minute ago. But I want to talk real quick about what I saw as I was reading through this and studying it. Uh, the idea of show and tell came to me. So the salt, um, Jesus says we're the salt of the earth. The salt kind of represented to me the show part, you know. That's who we are. We, we are. we are the salt of the earth. We're the show part. And then the light part is the tell part. So we're not just supposed to show people who Jesus is. We're supposed to tell people who Jesus is. So what's easier, showing people who Jesus is or telling people who Jesus is? You know what? It all can be a little bit difficult. And hopefully after we study this a little closer, we'll be a little bit more encouraged to do that. So verse 13 says this in uh, Matthew 5, and I believe it's on page 1378. I don't know. Around there in your pew Bible. So if you wanted to grab it, you can check it out there. Or you can just follow along as I preach here. So uh, verse 3 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So this is Jesus preaching. Uh, We learned a little bit last week from the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount Uh, Through the Beatitudes, Pastor Jason uh, gave us those last week. And so we're continuing here in these scriptures on the Sermon on the Mount. It's one of Jesus' most famous sermons. Okay, and so right away he, he begins here and says, you are the salt of the earth. So guess what, guys? Today you are what? Salt. You're salt. We'll start there. You're salt. Before we get to the earth part, you're salt. So let's talk about salt for a minute, okay? So as I've studied about this, I found out that in Bible times, salt was very, very valuable. In fact, many times they would use salt like money. They would exchange goods using salt, and it was very, very valuable at the time. So what does that say to us today? It says that you are very, very valuable, right? So turn to the person next to you and say, you're very valuable. Just just tell them that. You are very valuable. If there's not someone next to you, just whisper it in your own ear. (laughs) You're very valuable. If you hear nothing today, I want you to hear that, that God sees you as a very valuable part of his kingdom and his world. And especially here at Trinity, I'm going to tell you something. You're the most valuable thing in this place. Do you guys believe me? I'm going to tell you guys something. I don't know if you can turn around. I don't want you to right now, really. I want you to just listen. But if you, as you're heading out today, there are two uh, stained glass windows at the back of the church that when I first started coming here, found that the, those could be valued close to like half a million dollars back there. That's a lot of money, right? Now, maybe I got that off. Maybe it's only a quarter of a million. But just think if they were $100,000, if that's how much they were worth. That's a lot of money, Right? And I'm here to tell you that today you are more valuable than those. Do you guys believe me? Are you with me? You know, you're you're valuable because God loves you and he sent his son to die for you, right? Did he send his son to die for those back there, those windows? No, for you. And you're valuable as part of his plan. You're valuable to this church, each and every one of you. And I believe God's brought you here today for a purpose and for a reason And that's why you're so valuable. You know, not only that, but salt, we can find out some 
uses for salt. So I don't know, I didn't ever know this, but I guess there's like a thousand things that we can use salt for. So I'm just going to do a little asking, and you guys can interact with me here a little bit. We're not a lot of people. So what's, what's maybe one use that we use salt for? Anybody want to tell? Preserving meat. Okay, good. What's another? What's one more? Flavor. Man, you guys got the top two answers on the board. You know, good job. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The first one is salt brings flavor to food. You know, that's where we probably know salt more for anything. And, and you know what? I've learned more and more over the last few years how important salt is to the flavor of food. So we're going to talk about a few, few foods that definitely need salt. Because I, I think about these foods without salt, and I'm like, man, they would just be bland, and they wouldn't taste very, very good. So the first one I thought of was popcorn. Any, any popcorn lovers in the house? And in fact, I don't know about you, but I love, two, two things I love doing is going to the movies and eating popcorn at the movies. In fact, most of the time when I go to the movies, I not only get the popcorn, but I get the biggest popcorn available, okay? And a lot of times I'll go to a movie with my wife or my daughters, and I get there, and I don't have popcorn with me, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm just going to try to watch this without the popcorn. And they'll be like, okay. And so we'll begin watching, and then all of a sudden I'm running down to the concession stand because I just can't do it. I can't watch a movie without popcorn. So I get down to the concession stand, and what do I find? That I want to buy this popcorn, but it costs, what, like $500 to get the big tub. You know, and then they asked me, what do you want on it? So I said, oh, yeah, butter, put that on there. And it's definitely got to have salt. So then after you have this salty drink or salty snack that costs $500, what else do you need? Something to drink, right? So you get the humongous Coke that also costs $500, okay? So you're coming out of there with no money, right? So that's the reason. So you know the reason why I was sitting in my seat without the popcorn in the beginning, because it costs a lot of money, right? But you know what? I just have to have that popcorn. And you know what? It's really good with salt, right? So another thing I thought about is that's very important to have salt with is French fries, okay? Now, if you're going to eat a French fry, you got to put some salt on it. Why would you, why, I mean, I know there's some people out here that are trying to be healthy, and they're like, oh, I'm not going to eat French fries. Or you might be like, oh, I'm not going to put salt on it. I'm just going to be like, if you're going to eat French fries, if you're sitting at the McDonald's drive through guess what? You're going to have salt on it. Amen? Anybody with me? So I know this because I, I have some inside information about McDonald's fries. You see, I worked for McDonald's. That was my first job. And in high school, I worked there in the summer during the day, and it was very busy, and so they put me on just the fries for a while, okay? And so I learned a lot about fries. I was an expert in fries. In fact, you have to put them in there. You have to get them cooked. So you have to put them in a bunch of oil that's very unhealthy, but they come out golden brown, and then you dump them in this big vat, and then McDonald's, they're very precise. They actually have a holder that measures the salt, the exact salt, that salt-to-fry ratio, right? And so you pour this salt on there. When you do, you're like, that is far too much salt. Every time I did it, I was like, that is too much salt. But guess what? It makes them so good, right? It makes them so good. So you see the benefit of salt and flavor? I'm going to give you one more, just kind of a bonus. 
So a few years back, uh, me and my daughter, Elise, we got the chance to go to Brazil. And I don't know if you guys have ever gone on a trip before to somewhere you've never been, but you kind of freak out, don't you? You kind of start getting worried and getting a little nervous. And my biggest worry was like, what are we going to eat in Brazil? I mean, what do you eat in Brazil? And I was really worried because we were going to be on a boat heading down the Amazon River, and they were basically saying, I was picturing like, they were going to catch fish, and you just throw it on, and then you cook it, and that's all you're going to eat. And guess what? I don't like fish. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be horrible. You know, isn't that terrible? I was going on a missions trip, and I'm already in my mind thinking this is going to be horrible, right? So I get there, and guess what I find out? The food is the best I've ever tasted. You know, there were some a little skeptical things. I wasn't sure what it was, but... For the most part, the food was amazing, and even the fish, a person that doesn't like fish, I mean, I'm eating potatoes, and I was loving the fish. And the last day, I was so excited because they brought this big grill on this, uh, on this boat that we were following, and they were going to have a barbecue. Man, now you're talking my language, you know? <laughs> and they brought out steaks. I was like, I'm on a mission trip, and they're bringing out steaks. And then I couldn't believe what they were doing because they were just throwing salt on these steaks, like just like crazy. And I was like, I think that's a little too much salt, you know. But I'm here to tell you, it was the best food I've ever had in my life. In fact, I'm just going to plug Brazilian food, try it sometime, okay. Because it's so good and so flavorful. So some of you guys are like, come on, Joe, let's get to the point here, you know. I've only given you like 15 minutes. So anyway... Why is it so important that salt brings flavor, that Jesus calls us salt, and that we're supposed to bring flavor? Because that's what we are. We are the flavor of the earth. Just think about the world without Christians. What would it be like? What would, be the, what would the world be like? Now, some people might think it'd be better off without those Jesus followers, Right? But you and I know if we weren't here, if believers weren't here, this world would be in trouble, right? In fact, Jesus' whole goal was that not one person would perish, not one person would go to hell. His goal in coming here was that everyone would come to believe in Jesus, right? In fact, that should be our goal today. Our goal today is that everyone come to know Jesus. Not anyone would ever perish or die because that's what the Bible says, and so you guys got the second thing about why we have salt today, that it also preserves. Good job. I think it was James who said salt preserves. So what does that speak to us today? Not only is it important that we're here, that we're living Christ-like and bringing flavor, but it's also important that we bring preservation. See, back in the day, they didn't have our nice refrigerators like we have today, right? You know, there's crazy what refrigerators are like today. There's refrigerators that actually are Wi-Fi enabled and tell you what to, what's going to spoil in there and what you need to eat quickly. You know, they'll talk to you. I mean, but they didn't have that back in the day. So how do you think they kept their meat from going bad? You know, I don't know about you if you do the shopping in your family, um, but recently I, I do the shopping most of the time, and recently I've gone to the store, and I come out of the store, and I'm like, this is all you get for $100? Anybody with me, right? So my pet peeve this day is I hate when I have to take things out of the refrigerator that are going bad, right? It, I hate it that I have to throw away food ever. 
But think about this. Back in the day, they didn't have a refrigerator to put their meat or food in. in. So what did they do? They packed their meat with salt, and it kept it from going bad. Isn't that crazy? Why would salt keep something from going bad? Well, I did a little study on this, and basically it stops the process of rotting, okay? Because that's what happens with meat over time, doesn't it? Meat over time that's not preserved starts to rot. It starts to go bad, right? So without this process of putting salt in it, that's what would happen. But what happens is it draws the water where the bacteria grow. Bacteria grow in water. And so water is drawn out of the meat, and so the bacteria slows. The process slows. And that preserved the meat. So I'm going to real quick end this, this point real quick. So here we are, salt. Jesus says, you are salt. Remember, you're here today. You are salt. And you might be like, but I'm not that good. I'm not that great. What a, I'm just a normal person. That's what he was speaking to on that day too. They were just a bunch of normal people. And Jesus was saying, you are now salt. So basically he's saying, you're going to preserve the earth and you're going to bring flavor. So how do we do that? How do we do that as Christians? Preserve the earth and, and bring flavor. Well, I'm going to give you one example. So as I was studying about the flavor part, I found out that basically whenever you sprinkle salt on something, it actually brings the flavor out of the food. Think about that. If you put salt on cucumbers, tomatoes, it makes it more sweet, doesn't it? It just brings that flavor out of the food. You know, so many times as Christians, I think we do this. I think we say, I'm going to spread some salt, and we think that people are just going to change because we, we spread salt, right? And a lot of times what happens, we offend people when we just spread our salt. You know, people get offended. But here's, here's a way maybe to think about how you can be salty for Jesus. Try to look for the good in people. Have you ever thought about it that everyone has a measure of good? In fact, the Bible says everyone has a measure of faith in them. And even the worst people on the earth, there's something good about them, right? Amen. Anybody with me? There's something good about them. And so if we can focus on those good things, we can draw that out of them. We can, we can give them a compliment. We can share what we think about them. We can encourage them in their life. And guess what? If we encourage them that way, they'll be drawn to us. You know, wouldn't you want to be a Christian that you walk in the room, and instead of people just running away, they say, man, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could have the peace they have. I wish I could have the love they have. I wish I could have the excitement they have. That's what it looks like to be salty, <laughs> that people will eventually say, you know, deep down inside, I know they live differently than me, but I wish I could live like that. And then what would happen over time is that they'll start saying, how can I live like that? And then what do you do? Then you get a chance to tell them how you can live like that. Because none of us can live like a Christian without who? Without Jesus. Well, guess what? Jesus said this. He said, I am the light of the world. You guys remember that? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But now he's telling them, you are the light of the world. Let's read this together. Verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So not only did Jesus say, you are salt, but now he's telling them, you are light. Let's talk about what light does. Light reveals truth, and light exposes the darkness. Again, we see that Jesus says he was the light of the world. And now he's telling us we are the light of the world. So what's something natural that we can kind of compare this to? It's kind of like the sun. So Jesus could be like the sun, right? How many are excited to see the sun today (laughs) or this week? I don't know about you, but, you know, cold weather is terrible for me. But when it's not sunny, it's even more terrible. Is that even a word? I don't know if you could say that. But I just don't like it. I get depressed. But when I see the sun, I'm like, I'm cool, right? All of us get excited about being, seeing the sun. So Jesus was, is like the sun. And guess what? There's another thing in the sky that we're like. We're kind of like the moon. Does the moon give off its own light? No. The moon reflects the light of the sun, right? When you see the moon shining, it's the light of the sun reflecting off the moon. So isn't that cool? We are the light of the world. Why? Because we're reflecting Jesus. We're reflecting Jesus. In fact, there's a Greek word in there, and I'm not real studious. You're going to have to ask Jason about this. But there's a Greek word in there about the word light. Is the same word that we get our word photo. So when you see The word photo, it comes from the Greek word that they use for light. So what does that mean? We're basically a photo of who? A photo of Jesus. We're Jesus' example here on earth. Isn't that pretty cool? So in in order for God to see, in order for people to see God, God wants to show off in us who God is. Do you guys understand where I'm going with this? So basically, we are the example of Jesus to the earth. So maybe you can just get off easy where you can just like, I can just walk around and people are going to know that I believe in Jesus. Does that work? I'm just going to walk around. No, at some point you're going to have to tell people, right? You're going to have to tell people. Now they might see by your life that you look a little differently, but after a while you're going to have to share who Jesus is. You're going to have to open your mouth. That's why it says here, It says, a town built on a hill cannot be what? Hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. But see, that's what we do sometimes, don't we, Christians? We want to be undercover Christians, right? We don't want anybody to know, really, that we go to church. Anybody really know that we follow Jesus. A lot of times, we just want to be undercover. No, Jesus says, I'm going to put you on a lampstand so everybody can see. So how many of you guys are ready to do that? How many are ready to start telling people about Jesus? I'm going to tell you something. It's hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for all of us, right? And in growing up, I grew up as a Christian. In fact, I told the boys in, in, uh, in class this morning that I came to know Jesus when I was five years old. So I've known Jesus for a long time. I've tried to follow Jesus for a long time. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the hardest things is telling people about him. And when I was in high school, I had a really hard time with it. In fact, I really struggled with it. And there was two things, two bowls that I'm going to tell you about that kept me from telling people about Jesus. 
the first bowl that I would put over my head was that I was afraid. Anybody afraid sometimes to share about Jesus? I'm just afraid because you don't know what they're going to do, right? They don't know they're going to laugh at you, talk about you, not want to like you. That was probably my biggest one. I wanted to be liked. So I didn't want anybody to think I was different or weird. And so I was afraid. Number two thing was I thought I had to be perfect. I thought I had to be perfect. Now think back to this story. Jesus is telling these people, he's a vast amount of people about their salt and light. Do you think any of those people were perfect? No. Anybody perfect here today? No. Do you think Jesus expects us to be perfect? No. So that's a lie, that we have to be perfect to tell others about Jesus. But those are the two things that I struggle with for a long time. But guess what? I just had to start telling people, and those fears started to go away. Amen? Those fears started going away. And I didn't even know it, but at the time, God was calling me into full-time ministry. So for the last 25 years, for full-time, I've been telling people about Jesus. But I almost didn't because I was afraid of what? People, telling people about Jesus. And I was also thought I had to be perfect. Those are two lies that God has helped me overcome over the years. And I'm going to tell you something. My life has changed dramatically. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, not only was I afraid, but I was shy. I was a shy kid. In fact, I would have never done this in high school, standing in front of people. Not only a small group, but a large group. There's no way I would talk to people about Jesus, not only in church, but out of church. I was just afraid. But for the last 25 years, I've had the privilege to do that, and sometimes even outside of the church. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess to you, I don't do it all the time because I get scared. You know, I'm just telling you how, how, I, how I struggle. So in closing this, I'm going to tell you about this. I've overcome over the last 25 years because God has used me. It talks about this in here, that when we share Jesus, verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what does that say? We can't just tell people about Jesus here. We have to go share it to others. And when we do that, we glorify who? God in heaven. And we share people, we, we, other people come to know Jesus. So let me give you an example of this. So the last three years has been a little difficult for me. I don't know about you, but it's been a little bit difficult for me. Because for those in ministry, sometimes it's been hard because we haven't even got to get together Two years ago, we had to meet online. Remember that? Well, maybe you guys didn't. But I remember when the ministry I was involved with, that's all we could do was meet online. So I was like, man, I can't be around people. So guess how I, who I was around all the time? Those five or six people sitting back there, <laughs> my family. But how many of you know that God is in control? God is in control, right? But guess what's happened over the last five or six years or three, two or three years? Those two things have come back, my fear and my thought of I have to be perfect. Because I, as I spend more time with those five people back there, my family, I realize that I am definitely not perfect. <laughs> Doesn't that happen? When we start hanging around people that know Jesus and we start comparing our lives to them, we start thinking, I'm not that good of a person. I might look real good at church, <laughs> 
But when I go home, what am I like at home? What am I really like? And so God is actually doing a work on me because my family can attest, I'm not perfect, am I? (laughs) And in fact, they might say, I'm not very nice. And I'll give you an example of that as I close. I'm kind of taking this a little longer than I wanted to. But I'm going to close with this. So the last year, uh, my daughter Naomi is getting old enough to drive, okay? And she's been, been getting old enough to drive, so she's taking driver's ed. And so as she's taking driver's ed, she's supposed to drive outside of driver's ed. And guess what she's supposed to have? A parent that will take her out to drive, okay? And so guess what? That's me. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. I saw her learn how to ride a bike, So I am freaked out to have her drive a car, just telling you. I am scared. That fear has come back, right? And not only that, I've been kind of mean about it because I talk about that all the time. So I'm just confessing to you my sin today. I've been, what, a little bit afraid, but I've also not been very nice to her because she needs those hours. But I'm like, I just don't want to drive with you, you know. So this is how God is. God is in control. So yesterday, my wonderful daughter, Elise, and her boyfriend, Casey, were like, hey, hey, Naomi, we'll take you out driving. So I was like, praise the Lord, you know, because God is in control. And if Joe won't do it, he's going to raise somebody else up to do it, right? And so they took it on. And so this morning, as we were driving here, Naomi's talking about the wonderful experience of driving with Casey and Elise. And I'm like, hallelujah, you know. But then again, it shows me how crappy I am, you know, and how much I need to grow. But I'm learning that through the pandemic, that God doesn't want to just use Joe. He wants to use my family. And I'll close one one more time with one last story. So this year, we also got to do a Bible study at Blackhawk College. And I was asked to do this. And the first time I was asked, I was like, I don't know if I have time. But I was like, cool, I'm going to do it with my daughter because she goes to Blackhawk. So last year, I met for Bible study with Elise and one other girl for the whole year. And I'm going to tell you something. It was discouraging, you know, because we were out there saying, we want to share Jesus with the world, and nobody shows up, right? So again, we go out there to try to do something, and it doesn't happen like we want it to happen. Well, this year, we started the Bible study up, not knowing what was going to do, but now we have anywhere from 12 or 15 students coming to Bible study. It's like a miracle. I'm like, where are all these kids coming from? And a few weeks ago, we got together and we said, not only are we going to have the adults lead the study, but now we're going to encourage the students to lead the study. So last week, we had one of the students lead the study, and it was the best study ever, way better than I could lead, okay? So do you get what's happening? As I begin to say, okay, maybe I'm not doing as much for the Lord and I'm staying at home, God's starting to use my family, and he's starting to do miracles through them. In fact, at the end of last week's study, I asked people to pray. And I'm going to tell you something. When you ask people to pray, normally you hear crickets, right? Because people are afraid. They don't want to lift their voice to Jesus because they're thinking people are going to think they're weird or something. But guess who said yes to pray? My daughter Elise. And I'm going to tell you, it was the most beautiful prayer (laughs) that I've ever heard in a long time. And maybe I'm just saying that because she's my daughter, but, but I'm overcoming my fears. God's overcoming fears through them, right? It's a beautiful thing. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for show and tell. 
And God, today we got to hear about salt and light. We got to hear about how you've called us to be different. And now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will beat back our fears, give us courage, give us strength, send your Holy Spirit to empower us so that, yes, we can be different because without you, God, we're nothing. Yes, Lord, we can help someone else because without you, we have nothing to give. And yes, Lord Jesus, you can send us out to speak your word because only you know what they need to hear. Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, in the days ahead to be bold for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.